Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homie. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest yourself today. Please be sure to visit our website, www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com, and see for yourself the breadth and depth of topics we've compiled to help business creators just like you win at the game of business and marketing and serve from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. you also see links to sign up with your favorite syndication network so that fresh content from Business Creators Radio Show can be spoon-fed to you at your convenience every time we release new content, which is at least once a week, sometimes twice a week. Today we're going to get into a topic that I personally love, the idea of influence and persuasion. I love these things. I spend a lot of time with them. In fact, the end chapter chapter, uh, from the spring formula inside my book, Groundhog Day is an Event, Not a Business Strategy, is about influence and persuasion. So I love the topic. It gets me excited. I have sort of like uh, the, uh, the persuasion feel, so to speak. And today, we are going to discuss a topic called video persuasion. Video persuasion. To guide us through this, we have on board Rick Cesare, who is the author of a book called Video Persuasion. Let me tell you about Rick. He's helped build major brands from GoPro to George Foreman, and his upcoming book, well, actually, the book should be live any day now if it's not already, Video Persuasion, aims to put into big excuse me aims to put big brands proven video marketing techniques into the hands of small business owners entrepreneurs investors amazon sellers and others rick is a best selling author speaker consultant and marketing and brand strategy guru and he's bringing that expertise to us today sharing best practices in video marketing so you can successfully influence your customers and build your brand. And before I bring Rick in, um, I just want to say on a personal note, one of the reasons I got so excited when I had the opportunity to bring Rick on Business Creators Radio is I see everybody doing video. And so many people are doing these live streams. They say, well, I don't have to I, – I, I, I do my best work with live streaming when I just turn on the camera and talk. Yeah, okay, if you want one viewer, that viewer is your – your other computer, that's fine, but uh, if you want to use persuasion as a way of building your business using video, you got to listen to what Rick says. So, Rick Cesare, come on in. The weather's fine. Hey, thank you, Adam, and I really appreciate the great introduction. I'm looking forward to our conversation today. Before we get into what we have to deal with, uh, I imagine that there are folks right now who have opened a separate browser tab and they're binging the Yahoo out of the Googles trying to discover more about this Rick Cesare guy, and that's spelled C-E-S-A-R-I. You're welcome, guys. And this whole topic of video persuasion and the book Video Persuasion. So before we speak about video persuasion, what we like to do here on Business Creators Radio, and our listeners know this, is let's take a few moments right now. I read off your official bio. We know what Rick's up to today. But, Rick, tell us a little bit about your journey and what are some of the catalysts that have brought you to where you are today, serving business creators from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion? Hey, that's fantastic. So really just kind of a a three-minute overview of my background. I've been in direct-to-consumer marketing really for the last 25 years, 
And for your older listeners, going way back to using newspaper ads to promote real estate seminars, uh, then starting using TV, direct response ads on TV, your um, listeners have probably seen many infomercials over the years. And I use the infomercial as a marketing tool to really help build brands, like you mentioned some of them, but really started with my own business, which was the Juice Man Juice Extractor way back in 1990. And we created really the juicing phenomena that you still see going on in this country with live juice bars and everything else. And that business grew very quickly uh, through the marketing that we did, and we, we went from zero to 75 million in three and a half years, and we were fortunate enough then to sell that company to a housewares company in Chicago called Salton Housewares. Um, after going through that fast growth, I took a little bit of time off just to kind of catch my breath and relax a little bit, and then some a Seattle company called Optiva called me and said, hey, we like the way you did that marketing. Uh, we have a product that we'd like to show you, and it turned out the name of that company was Optiva, and the product they had was the Sonicare toothbrush. So I got involved with them when they were doing only a couple million in sales and helped use television marketing and uh, to help grow that company to over $100 million. And they eventually got bought by Philips um, uh, Electric uh, a few years later for close to $500 million. Um, at the same time, the company that bought my business, Salton, they introduced two products. One was a homemade bagel banker that didn't go too well, but the other one was a slanted grill, uh, which at the time when it was introduced was a fajita maker. We repositioned it and really turned it into the George Foreman grill, and it, that's the largest selling uh, houseware appliance of all time. I think there's over 120 million units that have been sold. Um, and then after that, uh, I, I just kept getting, uh, luckily, nice products and companies were, were kind of seeking me out to do marketing for them. And my next project was OxyClean. If you've ever seen Billy Mays on TV, I made Billy Mays very first infomercial and about 12 other versions, helped grow the OxyClean business. And more recently, um, where kind of the video marketing started to change a little bit was with the GoPro, because uh, it was really based on a lot of online video. But we still, if you remember seeing any GoPro uh, ads on TV, they ran a lot of 30-second spots. Uh, we were responsible for placing all of their media and helping them uh, build those spots, uh, which were you know really exciting and helped that business grow from zero to about $8 billion. And so you know, just kind of connecting the dots, I've used all this background and experience in using video to market products and put a lot of that information into the book uh, from the standpoint of using video to take make people take a specific action. And Adam, you said something really important. People like with Facebook Live, LinkedIn Live, Amazon Live, there's all sorts of opportunities with your with your iPhone or cell phone to create video, but I'm not talking about entertainment video or funny video I'm, I'm talking about creating video with specific content that's going to get the viewer to take a specific action you know what let's start there because this is something that's on a lot of folks minds they're told you know go on Facebook live go on YouTube live go on LinkedIn live and go on Amazon live which candidly this is the first time I'm hearing about Amazon live so that'll probably be question number two but mm -hmm. let's start with question number one is you're doing these live streams and, yeah, as I mentioned earlier, I have run into folks that say, well, I do my best work when I just turn on the camera and start talking. I don't need some plan or some outline or something. Now, on the other hand, 
I actually have a client who uses a teleprompter, and they find that using a teleprompter gets them the best results because they just have something where the extemporaneous speech just doesn't work well for them. So the way they made it work for them, and again, I'm just showing this as the other extreme, is they trained themselves on how to read from a teleprompter effectively so that it feels like they're just speaking naturally, which is a skill. I mean, we can make fun of the news anchor all we want and say, oh, all they have to do is get their hair done and read off a screen. Yeah, well, it's a lot, it's a lot harder to actually do it than, than it is to, uh, than to critique somebody else for doing it, which is why that news anchor gets paid a lot of money and uh, everybody knows their name and doesn't know the complainer's name. Yeah, I was going to say, so, um, between that, that's why really yeah, good actors get paid a lot of money. Exactly. So somewhere between that happy medium, there's a best practice strategy for the rest of us. So I want to just leave, aside from my initial comments, this whole thing open and ask you, what are some best practices for doing lives that persuade? Yeah, so that's a great question. And I think you did really hit both extremes, people that just jump on there and start uh, you know, stream of consciousness talking versus where every single word is scripted out. And I've always had my best success kind of in the middle ground there. Uh, but I spent a lot of time in one of the chapters in the book about, um, you know, the, the things you need to do to produce good video. And it really boils down, and you'll, you'll appreciate this as a, as a radio host, uh, preparation, preparation, preparation. You really are, are creating uh, 90% of a good video by preparing correctly up front. And it's the same thing for your radio show. It's the same thing when you're giving a speech. Um, not too many people can just jump up on stage in front of an audience and give a really good speech. So the more you prepare and create an outline of what you want the structure of your video to be and the points you want to hit, the better success you're going to have. Now, you can take that to extreme and script every word, but not very many people have the ability to do that and make it sound authentic. So just going by an outline, uh, being yourself, letting your personality come out, I think is the best advice I could give people uh, when creating a video. Yeah, and I tend to agree with that. And when I do live streams, sometimes I'll even hold up my notes and I'll say, look, here's the outline for today. This is what we're going to cover. Uh, if it, if, you know, depending on what I plan to do with a live stream, if I'm just – you know, going to share a few quick tips or whether this is something that's going to become one of the, you know, the monumental bookends for what I'm doing depends, you know, dictates how much of an outline I do. But I've gone and done 15-minute live streams that have two-page uh, two page outlines. Uh, and the reason that I do that is because as I prepare the outline and I think about it and then I walk away from it and play through my mind a little bit more, I think of additional things. So then I'll go back, I do it in Microsoft Word, I open up the document, I type in a bunch of other stuff. Then I hit save. Then I print a copy. Then before I go live, I look at it again, and now it's going to have handwritten notes on it because I realized that maybe I didn't want to say this thing or I want to add something in. Just really, when you think about it, the typical speech writing process for an outline. So oh, absolutely. having an outline, what, yeah, so aside from having an outline, what are some other things we need to bear in mind with our live streams to help make them more persuasive for our listeners and, and viewers? Well, you, 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 again, it's, it's funny. You, you hit another really interesting aspect of this. It's, you said it's like preparing a speech. And I use a lot of um, 
uh, analogies to giving a, a, a speech when creating video that's interesting to people. So one of the other things, and again, you know this, having, having done your background, is how do you hook a person into what you're going to be what you're going to be talking about, especially on Facebook Live and the places where people will give you like five to ten seconds of attention, and then they'll they'll you know turn out or scroll down to the next thing. So it's really important that you need to capture people's attention uh, right off the top of a video. And some of this I kind of discovered on my own through trial and error doing direct response video. Some of it is. Um, online research and, and looking what works for good speakers. And really there's like three ways that, um, and there's more, more than three ways, but three ways that I go over in the book that talks about ways that you can start your um, uh, presentation to kind of get the, the viewers interested in what you're gonna be doing. And one is very simply, very simply ask a question. You know, how would you like to lose 10 pounds? Would you like to be more fit? And, I, you know, it doesn't have to be necessarily a question about a problem but needs solving so that if the, if the viewer or listener is going to be interested in that subject, they know the rest of the talk, you're going to be delivering something that's going to answer that question. Uh, the other way is to start with some type of factoid. Uh, did you know that um, there, was an, there was a substance in broccoli that scientists have isolated that has been proven to prevent breast cancer? And when you start with a factoid, people want to listen like, well, that's interesting to me. I want to hear what's, what's going to be coming up. And the last one is kind of the old storytelling. If you start with an interesting story, again, you draw the, the viewer or listener into what you're going to do. And I go into a lot of detail on, on, on how to do those three things. And again, there's more ways than that, but those are three big categories or ways that you can start a presentation and then, and then get engaged the viewer. Wow. See, that, see this is um, very good to think about because what you're saying is start with something that's catchy. Start with a question. Start with a factoid. Start with something that grabs the reader's attention right away. And, again, mm -hmm. again, we're drawing parallels with public speaking. So yep. if you understand public speaking, you're beginning to understand live stream. You apply some of those same principles, just like I would never get up on a stage, and I get up on stages all around the country – and after I've been introduced by the host or the MC, say, guys, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me, and I want to extend my appreciation to the sponsors and to our hosts and everything else. I would never freaking say that because that's an amateur move. I mean, that shows yep. that you're, uh, you're you're basically doing uh, you know doing you know uh, acknowledgments at banquets uh, rather than public speaking that converts uh, because there's a place. Yep. There's a time and a place when you get up on stage and say, and first of all, I want to thank the Academy and all that, but when mm -hmm. you're doing Speaking for Persuasion, you want to start with a factoid, a question. And, yes, I've also experimented with the thing, and this is from old school uh, public speaking. This goes back before we had cameras and such, where the speaker gets up on stage and everything just goes quiet. The speaker just stands there. And the yeah. audience starts to lean in, and the tension builds. And then mm -hmm. the speaker starts really slowly. And even then, the speaker will start with something like, did you know that yes. the recent studies have shown that consuming broccoli 
at least three times a week has an 80% chance of increasing your lifespan by an average of five years. Now, which of you would like to increase your lifespan by five years? Now, awesome. I don't think you can do that on live screen because you've got to punch it out. But I'm yeah. just saying, over the years, and as technology and the availability of information has evolved, some things have remained constant and apply across the board. Well, I, that's a really good point, Adam, because I, I really leverage historical um, – you know, I, 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 you've probably read this book by Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Old-time book. Yeah talks about his formula for giving a speech, which is tell them what you're going to say, say it, and then tell them what you said. And that's a basic formula uh, for a structure of a video that really keeps people engaged. And, um, and so what, what's interesting is I, human nature doesn't really change over the years. They have the same hot buttons, the same persuasion principles, What's really changed in our society are the delivery platforms. So it used to be newspaper. It used to be uh, uh, radio that was at the top of the popularity. It used to be TV. Now a lot of people are primarily going online, and they're, and they're listening to a Facebook Live or social media. So I just look at those things as those are the delivery channels that people are choosing to listen to, but the underlying concept of human nature really doesn't change. And if you can hit the hot buttons that get people to respond, uh, they will regardless of the format. Yeah, I think this is all very important to bear in mind. So since we're on the topic of live streams, I know there's a few additional things we want to cover in our limited time together here, but I want to stay with live streams for a few more moments because I have seen – People reluctant to do live streams for various reasons and hung up on can they do a live stream and will this add to or remove from the persuasive power of it. So since I have you, a big topic conversation is what should be in your backdrop. So what do people see when they're behind you? And I have seen people actually refuse the live stream because they haven't yet rearranged the pictures on their wall. So. What about the backdrop contributes to the persuasive element of the video? That's a great question, and I would say the more neutral, the better. You want all the attention of the listener viewer on you as a speaker, and you want your, your, your face or profile to be taking up as much of the screen as possible, and you want to do as little as possible to distract um, from what's being said. So I'm a big believer in... Um, as neutral a background as possible. I do a lot of live streams, and I just do them out of my office, and I have some different marketing posters behind me. But you really want people paying attention to you as the speaker and not what's really going on in the background. So the, the more neutral the background you can have, the better. Think about um, different TV spots you've seen where they do them with just there's just a white background. It's just a white psych, and the, there's a person talking to you, and then there's graphics. And that's really the simplest way to appeal. And, and then you take the opposite extreme. There's all sorts of going on behind you. There's people walking by. That's distracting to, to the viewer. So I'm a big believer in having as neutral a background as possible. And then just get started. There isn't 
really any right background or wrong background, especially with something like Facebook Live. I know exactly what you're talking about because I went through the same thing and you're hesitant to do it, but get on there and practice. I mean, there's nothing that's going to happen and it just it's just easy easy to it's not easy to do correctly but it's easy to get started and get better as you go along your interviewing skills are much better now today after doing thousands of interviews than when you first started so the key like everything else in business is really just to get started and not not worry about the details like like the background as much yeah uh one other quick question here cuz i want to verify this i've been I've been a believer in, and I've actually quoted several times, this thought about when it comes to video, is if your video appearance, like the video itself, is less than perfect, like maybe the lighting isn't perfect or it's a little blurry or what have you, as long as it's not egregiously so, and as long as your sound is really good, people will tend to forgive it. However, if you have the most perfect HD quality video, and the sound is awful, they'll turn away from it. Is there any factual basis to that? Um, the only factual basis I can – first of all, I agree 100%. Uh, the secret to good video production is uh, some type of basic lighting, but the first thing I emphasize is having good sound. If you don't have good sound, people will, will tune out. So you're 100% correct, and I'm sure – there, you could do online research to find out. I, I just know that from doing thousands and thousands of hours of video that that's really the most important thing you pay attention to. And really, when you talk about using uh, cell phones to do video, I always recommend that somebody get a really uh, – and I give information in the book. You can go on Amazon and buy a very inexpensive mic system and a very simple one basic light. And if you can do those two things, you're you're 90% there. But I agree with you 100% that the audio quality is number one importance. And the other thing is – that's another thing. Don't be. A, don't think you have to make professional quality video. Again, with social media, people are looking, are used to looking at video that's been made with cell phone by people that aren't professional, and they almost, if it's too slick, too nicely made, it almost turns people off a little bit. They say, "Oh, that must be an advertisement." So I, I'm not for creating slick videos, but definitely taking care of the basics. Uh, like good audio and, if possible, uh, uh, good lighting. And when I say good lighting, I have a simple ring light in front of my desk that I use for, uh, again, it was like $39 on Amazon that I use when I do my, my Facebook Lives. Yeah, and, you know, that's a, good, that's a good thing for people to remember as well. I mean, we have these folks going around, and their idea of a quality video is to hold the camera in front of their own face while they're walking. Yeah, and if people are out there. Doing I find that, that distracting. Then, yeah, I, I find it irritating, and I and I and I'm a believer that selfies kill, and you should never do them, uh, mm-hmm. whether it's video or photograph. That's just me personally. I think they I think they kill your image. I think they kill your view. I think they kill your concentration. And uh, there are so many cases of selfies literally killing people that there are ordinances in certain municipalities around the world that ban them. So right. I personally don't encourage people to do videos using, uh, you know, the selfie technique of holding the camera up to your face while you're standing or walking. But let me ask you, is that effective? I, you know, 
again, that's where I think you separate um, uh, video that's effective uh, versus entertainment video. I would say you could take 95% of the selfie-type videos and it would go into the category of uh, entertainment or self-interest and not really uh, video that's effective for getting people to take an action. You know, one of the things, um, right. you know, that if people – I, on my website, rickcesari.com, I have a free download that says the three most popular types of online content, not popular, engaging types of online content. And to, to give you an example, it doesn't ha any, none of them have to do with pointing the camera at yourself. It's, it's basically a tutorial type video, which is like a how-to, like an unboxing, how to use a product, uh, explaining a recipe video a demonstration video where you're demonstrating how to use a product or how to use a, a service. Again, it's educational. And the third are, are good testimonial videos where somebody's talking about a great experience that they had with a product. And those are three big categories of video, but none of those could really be called um, uh, fall into the category of selfie videos. And if you take that one step further, um, the whole success of the GoPro concept of GoPro was basically taking a camera and instead of pointing it at yourself, pointing it away from you and showing what you're seeing. And it was the mounts for the GoPro camera that were one of the reasons for their big success. You could mount it on a, on a helmet. You could mount it on a mountain bike. You could mount it on a surfboard. And it was about viewing what you're seeing through your eyes and people experiencing that. And that's a little bit different than taking a, the picture back towards yourself, which reinforces what you just said. What I also picked up in there is the distinction between awareness and persuasion or conversion. So by awareness, we can put in the category about 90% of those walk-and-talk selfie-type videos as, hey, I'm here, and I'm creating awareness. I'm, I'm sharing a little bit more of my message. I'm letting you see a little bit more about me. I've got something on my mind, so I'm turning on the camera, and I'm telling you about it while it's on my mind. So we put those in the awareness category because it creates more activity on the news feed that people are more likely to see and more points for people to engage with the brand, the brand being that person, click mm -hmm. on the – click on the play button, watch it, maybe be entertained, maybe be a little bit inspired. But we wouldn't necessarily count these as the videos that are designed to persuade somebody to take some sort of major action. When we get to the conversion-type, persuasion-type videos, we are looking for something a little bit more polished and a little bit more planned. That's what I'm hearing. Uh, am I on the right track? Yeah, you're absolutely on the right track. And, and you know, one of the things, again, you're 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 really – pointing out like major points that I bring out in my book. And so if you take one of those three types of content I mentioned earlier, or, or you're even talking about an awareness type of video type of thing, and that's the difference between, you know, if you go back to the definition, what I define video persuasion as, it's combining video production with video marketing with proven direct response strategies. And one of the direct response strategies are, which you should be including in your videos, are some type of call to action. Now, I don't mean like a long commercial, you buy this and you get this free, but so many people forget to just put in 
what do you want the viewer to do that's looking at that video? Do you want them to go to your Amazon to, to, to you know, hit the buy button on Amazon? Do you want them to go to your website? Uh, do you want them to go to your Facebook page? So many people forget to put in the action that they want the viewer to take. And, you know, and you know this term, call to action. And it can be as simple as visit my website, uh, get a free download, uh, buy this product on Amazon, you know, just and and that's one of the things I really is really missing in again ninety percent of the videos that people make, and that's what's the difference between awareness, like you're talking about, which is just general brand awareness. There's a place for that, but if you want people to take a response, you have to actually tell them what to do. Yeah, uh, and I and I like that distinction. Here's a. For our listeners, I just want to throw this out there, and then we're going to move on to Amazon video, which is new to me anyway. Uh, think about your email marketing. So many of our listeners will still do a weekly e-zine or e-newsletter. That's the mm-hmm. awareness piece. Uh, and, I, and I do counsel clients of mine who do weekly newsletters to be careful of a reliance on trying to get every single freaking thing you have to say to your audience into the newsletter because what happens is your newsletter will then become too long. It will have too mm-hmm. much stuff in it, and people will take one glance at it and say, you know what, I, I have time to read this later, never, so I'm going to follow it away and eventually delete it. Whereas, right. if it's, whereas if it's a properly structured awareness piece, they're going to see a few different points within that newsletter that may catch their eye right now. So they'll say, sure, i got two minutes. Let me click on this article. So it does its purpose as an awareness piece. However, when you want people to go listen to your podcast episode and leave a review now, when today is the day that your book becomes available and you want people to go buy now, when you've got seven tickets left to your event and you want them to buy now, when the doors are opening right now on your information course and you want them to buy now, this is where targeted emails, solo mm-hmm. emails, solely for that purpose, are effective and convert. So take those two types of videos, put them in those same categories. Put your walk and talk selfie videos, stream of consciousness videos in the awareness newsletter category, and put your uh, and put your structured, planned conversion videos in the targeted email category, and that'll give you a good framework to look at. So Rick, tell me about this Amazon video. I know nothing. Okay, so two areas. Uh, First of all, no, it's a great question, and a lot of people don't know a lot, but I've been working with a lot of large Amazon sellers to to help them bring uh, video persuasion techniques to their video. And and if you really back up, the very first chapter of my book talks talks about some amazing video statistics about there there's there's like um, you know you're talking about emails and and on e-commerce, and there's like a 300% 300% um, larger open rate or, uh, when you send an, an email with a, with a video, uh, uh, conversion rates on products are, are 30 to 40% higher if there's a product video that goes along with it. So there's huge amounts of statistics showing how people respond to video and how much video is being produced. So that being said, um, Amazon has opened up, and this isn't, you know, this has been going on now for, for a year or so, two, two different areas for video. If you're a third-party seller and you have a registered trademark, you can get something called brand registry. 
And if you get brand registry, Amazon allows you to put a video in your listing. So if you have a widget for sale and you go to that listing on Amazon and in the, and the upper left-hand corner, you normally see the different images, they allow you to put a video there. And so, again, if, if it's just an awareness video, that is better than no video at all. But the more you can create a little mini product demonstration video that where you're focusing on the benefits of your product, that's going to be much more effective to help sales. And so I, I have Amazon clients doing this, and they're seeing increases in their conversions uh, from because they have the historical records of 20% or more by including video. And then the other place is if you go halfway down the page of the Amazon listing, there's a place where you can put even more videos. Um, and, and so just being able to deploy video that way is, is really effective in helping uh, convert more of the viewers that are seeing that product into sales. And now the second area, which I mentioned earlier, is something called Amazon Live. And I got really excited about this because to me it would be like um, doing like a little mini home shopping network or QVC presentation. And you can really just go on to Amazon and, 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 and see where they have Amazon Live, and they, you can sign up to do it. And basically, you can just do a live presentation um, of your product or service, and it will go up on the Amazon um, uh, website, and then people that see it will tune in. And so Amazon knows the power of video. They're starting to embrace it, and they're going to be making more ways available uh, for people to run video. There's also um, a way some of my larger Amazon clients uh, where they can run video ads now on Amazon where they get delivered to people's mobile phones. And, and we're basic on creating a, a lot of simple one- and two-minute videos. And, again, you think about delivery platforms, we're taking the concept of a one- or two-minute direct response spot that would normally have played on TV and making that same type of spot to sell the product on Amazon. And then through Amazon's paid ads, that would be served up to people's cell phones in the course of them searching. Like if you were searching for sous vide cookers, and I was representing um, a, a particular brand of sous vide cooker, I would make a little video. That video ad would come up when you're searching for sous vide cookers. And so Amazon is making that, that available. So three different ways to really utilize video on Amazon. Yeah, so what you're, what you're saying is, let me make sure I'm clear. Uh, these are live videos, pre-recorded videos, or both? These Amazon Live are live videos. And, then, and, and so they're actually happening live, just like you would see on a QVC presentation. The other videos I talked about are pre-recorded videos that just uh, live on your, on your listings. And then the, the, the third type, the advertising ones, uh, are, are exactly that. They'll go out and, and run as advertisements when people are searching for product. So the only one that's actually live is, is the one that's called Amazon Live itself. The other ones are, are pre-recorded and placed on the site. Okay. How does somebody get connected to Amazon or somebody's Amazon profile so that 
when the profile owner goes live, they'll be pinged and they can tune in. Yeah, and that's um, – you hit a, the nail on the head. And the downside of Amazon Live, because I've done it for, for many clients now, and I, I don't mean me on camera doing it, but working with them to do these is, is how do you find the audience? And Amazon right now isn't doing a great job of serving uh, – of basically they have the ability to serve up an audience and they aren't doing it correctly. So they're leaving it to the product owner seller to really go through their own email database and say, hey, I'm going to be doing an Amazon Live for this um, computer docking station and I'm going to be on Friday morning at 8 a.m. And Amazon is doing very little except hosting the video as far as promoting it within their own thing. So it's kind of a downside to what's happening with that right now, but there's still people that are having a lot of success um, increasing uh, the the conversions that they're getting by doing the Amazon Live. Right. Okay. Yeah, but, uh, but see, again, I appreciate you taking a few moments to share with us because up until now, I hadn't really known much about Amazon Video. I mean, I heard the phrase Amazon Video, and in fact, as I think about it, I've been to a few profiles for like on Amazon for like books and things like that that yeah. have had videos on them. And I've been to a few author profiles, if I remember correctly, that will have a video stream attached to them. But that's about as far as I knew. Okay. Yeah. And and it's less with books than and it's more um where I see people using them with greater success is uh with pro you know, regular products that people are buying, um, you know, sporting good products, housewares products, that type of thing. Um you know, as you mentioned it's funny you mentioned uh buy now. That was the very first the name of the very first book I wrote way back in two thousand and eleven was called Buy Now and uh again that's a that's available on, on Amazon as well. Well, you know, you know what else is interesting is um, inside my book, Groundhog Day is an event, not a business strategy, uh, there's a sub-chapter in the end section, which is the one about uh, uh, name your terms with powerful language. That mm -hmm. actually, it's one, actually, I think it's the first concept, or the first or the second, by now. So when you mm -hmm. say in your, and you're seeing your conversation, by now, it, by now, you should be able to find your own reasons to make the decision that makes the, the most sense for your business. Buy now is phonological ambiguity that commands the listener, the viewer, the reader to buy now. Exactly. Yep. It's 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 uh -huh. a powerful it's a powerful term, and you hear it a lot. But again, it goes back to that um, uh, idea of including some type of call to action within your video, and why you know. You know, people have seen infomercials and they hear that term all the time. Buy now, and you know they make fun of it. But you know, one of the reasons you hear it being used a lot is because it's effective and it does work. Um, and again, right. that's that's it, it's just if you hear something over and over and see it over and over again, it isn't there because it's there for humor. It's there because it works and it's been proven effective uh, based on testing and customer response and things like that. Right. And another, and we're seeing more and more of this, is we're seeing sales page type websites going back to use the phrase add to cart. And people mm -hmm. are thinking, wait a minute, uh, 
we're supposed to be using all this wizardry and language and and uh, and neat little NLP techniques in our buy buttons and such. Why are we saying add to cart? Well, the reason, or at least one of the reasons, why so many tests lately have shown that add to cart is such an effective phrase is because people get decision fatigue. And it comes mm-hmm. to the point where they just need somebody to help them make the decision. So when yep. you literally say add two cards, you're telling them what to do, and it increases the chances they'll do it. For the same reason that we're seeing this movement uh, toward capsule wardrobes, and you see all these articles about how political and business leaders around the world wear the same damn thing every single day, and the reason is the same in all cases. Decision fatigue. I mean, imagine mm-hmm. if you're um, the head of a multi-billion dollar company or president of the United States or somebody like that, and you've got to take 15 minutes out of your day to figure out what you've got to wear. I mean, yeah. if, you're, if, you're president, if you're president, really you should be wearing a blue suit with a blue or red tie. I mean, that's just, that's just what works. If mm-hmm. you're somebody like Mark Zuckerberg, you've got to be wearing that T-shirt with the jeans. Uh, yep. and, but when you have those capsules and you remove that opportunity for decision fatigue, someone like the president or someone like Mark Zuckerberg, or we could also use – Steve Jobs, who always wore those black turtlenecks with the jeans and the New Balance sneakers, um, mm-hmm. it's one less thing to think about. It was, yeah. yeah, it's their uniform, and it's also their personal brand. So they've gotten people so used to seeing them dressed that way that if they were to change it up, it would actually be a pattern interrupt, which could be good or bad depending on the scenario. But, yeah. hey, if I'm Zuckerberg, I know that, uh, all right, let me grab one of these T-shirts, let me slip on a pair of jeans, and, all right, let's go make billions. Yep. No more decision fatigue. So yeah, and, and the thing that you said about, yeah, yeah the, the button you said about add to cart, that you're doing two things. You're, you're the decision fatigue, but also you're giving people a command. You're, you're, you're saying do this. And people, again, it's part of the decision fatigue. People, um, unfortunately, like to be told what to do. And, again, that goes back to including a CTA, telling people exactly what to do so they don't have to guess at what to do. And, and you're, it, little simple things like that um, have been proven by doing A-B testing uh, to, to, you know, increase conversions. And it's just it's amazing. And, you know, one of the things I like to focus on are really a lot of the basic things like, like you and I are talking about right now that a lot of people get too – try to get too fancy, too sophisticated with their marketing and forget about the basics. And you should go back and make sure you have all the basic things covered first, and that's going to give you the biggest increase in incremental sales uh, the fastest by making sure you're covering those types of bases. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to – get into something here of uh, this I was going to spend more time on this decision fatigue but I think you're moving toward another point and listeners to the business creators radio show people who follow my live streams people who work with me uh, through my consulting and coaching options know that I like to make points about things by using metaphors and analogies so I'm going to use a political analogy and I'm not going to mention names and I am going to say this happens on both left and right, if you're looking at the American political landscape today. And regardless of whether you as a listener are on the left or on the right, whether you like this person or hate this person or hate this person or love this person or what have you, whether they're the president, whether they're in Congress, whoever they are, you may be familiar with phrases like, boy, 
their speeches have absolutely no substance whatever, whatsoever. They speak at a third grade level. No wonder their idiot supporters fall for it. And I'm thinking, what a bunch of theater. Because, because, what you also see about these alleged bumbling idiots who somehow manage to get elected to political office is they get elected to political office. And people do believe in them, and people do feel that that politician represents their best interests. And yep. it's my argument that it's for that very reason, that people will believe in you. They'll be more likely to take action with you if you can take something and distill it into something that's a very simple message that they can believe in for their own reasons. And I cover this in the Groundhog book as well, not from the political angle, from just in the idea that people need to believe in things for their own reasons in alignment with their own truth for them to take action on it. Whereas you see these, um, and I'm going to put them in a the category of the traditional politician that will have their 10-point plan with their bar charts to show that they've cited sources and they're using facts, and you know, they'll speak about, and you know, you know, in this country we have all these problems, and I'm going to tell you that when I'm elected, I'm going to not do this anymore. People right. just don't go for that like they used to. So let's translate that to video marketing. Now, again, there's the analogy, there's the metaphor. Let's translate to video marketing. Have well, first you, of all, I – oh, I'm sorry, go ahead and – no, no. Well, actually, 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 I've effectively asked the question. So go ahead. Okay. So, so first of all, I agree a hundred percent. I learned. I'm not saying this is true or not true. That you you said third grade level. You almost have to speak to people um, on a sixth grade level, and that's be that's okay. not saying vocabulary wise, but the simplicity of the message. And, and let's just, because I've, I've made the same observation that you just talked about as far as the analogy. And let's just say one party is doing this correctly and, and has a very simple, easy to understand message that people are flocking around. And the other party is coming up with complicated messages that are really hard to, for, the, for the listener to follow. And um, right. the same holds true in marketing. It, 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 you 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 know there's a there and let's go back to to real life using direct response television or infomercials it's been proven over and over and over again somebody came up with the bright idea okay why do you spend a half an hour selling one product and wouldn't it make sense since you're paying for a half an hour time to market three or four products and nobody in the world has ever successfully done that when they've tried to market multiple products within the same commercial, uh, they're dismal failures. And people have spent literally hundreds of thousands of dollars or more trying to, 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 to make that concept work. And it really goes down, I think, to the same um, what you're bringing out of the simplicity and consistency of a message. When somebody is interested in watching this half-hour show and, you know, there's always somebody interested in, in – in, watching about a product that's going to solve a problem. Not everybody will, but somebody will. The more you can focus and deliver clear, concise information about that product, very simple, clear, concise information, the better chance you're going to have for people to reach a buying decision. And so the more complicated it gets, the more different messages you're trying to deliver, the more, the more that that's going to get diluted and the more people are going to tune out. And, and I'm a big believer in, 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 in really focusing on one simple message. If you're trying to get, you create a video to get people to do something, 
don't be scattered. Really focus on that one message or one action you're trying to get the people to take, and then the rest of the video should be supporting material. Um, you know, I went back to that Dale Carnegie concept of tell them what you're going to say, say it, tell them what you said. If you use that as a structure of a direct response ad or a video, basically you're introducing the product. Um, you're, you're saying, here's the problem, here's the problem it's going to solve. Then the body of the show is basically all the different ways, the benefits of the product, the way it's going to solve that problem. And then, again, you're reemphasizing that at the end of the video. So you're really focusing on one clear, simple, concise message that people can respond to. And again, it's, you can, that can fall into the category of decision fatigue. People don't like to think about too many different options. They want to be told very simply, here's a product, here's what it will do for you, here's how you get it. Okay, what I was talking about was really building on the analogy you gave of just when I'm making videos, I try to keep one clear, distinct message in that video and then repeat it over over and over again and yeah. and when i say repeat it you're repeating it in a different way um and uh, let me see if i can come up with an example uh you know if you're talking about a uh a sonic well here's 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 a good way to do it you know in the beginning of an ad or or video you say hey if you have 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 issues with your teeth and you want to have a better uh uh dental checkup use a sonic care toothbrush and then you'll say, okay, you can get better dental checkups with a Sonicare toothbrush because it does this, this, and this, and you start laying the benefits. Then after you say that, you might have a testimonial come on that's, that's basically saying the same thing you just said. Hey, I went to my dentist, and I got a better checkup because I use a Sonicare toothbrush. So really the message you're hammering home is if I want to get a better dental checkup, I should use a Sonicare toothbrush. And so – you're kind of repeating it through different, you know, you could bring in a third-party expert. You'd have a dentist come on and say, yeah, my patient started using Sonicare toothbrushes, and I've seen a dramatic improvement in their teeth. So you're really taking the one, uh, and again, we can get deeper into marketing and talk about the, you know, unique selling proposition, but you're really taking the thing that making your product different than anybody else out there and then repeating over and over again why it is different and so basically what you're saying here rick overall is that when you can distill something into a simple message that's going to be the most effective and this is what another thing that i touch on it's actually one of the primary themes of my book groundhog days an event not a business strategy actually there are two things i'm going to mention one of which is there's no such thing as the truth there are facts that we share and each of us views those facts through our own truth, which is formed through our combination of experience, education, what we've been through in life. Now, parallel to that, if you become too specific, then you could end up saying something that could inadvertently persuade your viewer not to take action. Because if you get too specific and you say too much, you may say something that contradicts their truth, and will cause them to reject it. Going back to my analogy about um, the politicians who win with simple statements, repeatable statements, versus mm -hmm. the ones that uh, will show you all the charts and the graphs and the 10-point plans of exactly how they're going to fix our nation's problems. And people say, 
you know, we've heard that all before. They can't possibly mean that because we've seen number seven in action. It's a bunch of BS. But if you keep it to a very simple phrase, a very simple concept, people can apply their own truth to it and make it theirs. Now, mm -hmm. I'm not going to – now, again, I don't intend to be political here at all, so I'm, I'm, look, I'm going to say this strictly from an analytical point of view. So this is not a political statement. Uh, the phrase, build the wall. Uh, by now, most of our listeners had certain images come into their mind as soon as I said build the wall. That could be different images for different people. It could be different issues for different people. And that phrase can mean different things even if you believe in it. It could mean literally build a wall. It could be a metaphor for strengthening security protocols. It could be a phrase that covers just the general idea of improving our policies. It could be some sort of other gymnastic type thing. But depending on what you believe is possible, depending on what you believe should or shouldn't be, you can take that phrase and apply it to a whole bunch of different things. However, if you look at a 19-point detailed plan on exactly how we're going to enhance our border security, we can poke holes in that all day long with facts. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a, so I only it's a I only bring that, I only bring that up to bring into sharp relief what we're talking about here and why you need to be so intentional about the messaging in your videos. Yeah, absolutely. And the, and the simple message, not trying to deliver multiple messages at the same time. I'm a big believer. Yeah. So you're making a great point here of your video should be uh, one main message per video that you're trying to get across. And if you start to try to do too many different messages, you're going to lose the viewer. Or, or they're not going to take action. And so it's it's great. And I, I do the same thing. You know, politician uh, getting elected is all about marketing. And and some of them figure it out. And, like, how do they differentiate themselves from the other, you know, their, the other politicians? And then when they come up with a differentiator, they take that one simple message and repeat it over and over and over again. And that same thing holds true for product marketing. Um, you need to find out, you know, what's unique about your product, why is your product or service different than any other product or service out there, and describe it very simply and then repeat that over and over in your in your videos or your advertising. I, one thing I, I think would be a good time to mention, and I know, Adam, you've probably read this book because um, I, I talk about it quite a bit in, in my book, but it was called um, Influence, the Psychology of Persuasion by Dr. Cialdini. He's a professor at Arizona State University, and yeah. he's got six, six persuasion principles. And I go through those in my book and show how I use them or how you can use them when you're creating videos. And I'll just take the simplest one right off the top, which is social proof, and, you know, People, and again, this could go back to decision fatigue, whatever, people don't like to think. Um, and so l let's say they, they see, they, they want to follow, look at the old um, thing in nature where lemons will follow the lead lemon and they'll go off the edge of a cliff. Or how many times have you come up to a traffic turn and you see a long line making a left turn and everyone's in that left turn lane, but if you look a little harder, there's a second left-hand turn lane that nobody's in. Why does everybody get in one lane 
when there's two lanes there. It's because they're looking at the action of what the other person is doing and copying it. So that's where, you know, take that into marketing. Social proof is really um, a really good testimonial that somebody can relate to. And normally, and so I, I talk a, quite a bit about using testimonials um, in the marketing because people will see somebody that they can relate to that's quote-unquote like them, and they hear this person saying that they had a good experience with the product, that helps break down the, the, the barrier to making a decision. And I go into great detail on how to get authentic testimonials and how to use them as a way to persuade people to buy products. Yeah, and actually I was pretty much ready to close here because I think we've covered so much today that's mm -hmm. so awesome. And I first of all, uh, Rick, I do want to congratulate you on the launch of your new book, Video Persuasion. I wanted to have a conversation with you here, here today to uh, come up with some similes, some metaphors, some comparisons so that people can listen to this and begin to see themselves understanding the value of going to buy your book today. So where can you pick up that book? Well, you can buy it on Amazon. We spend a lot of time talking about Amazon, but you can go to look up huh. Video Persuasion on Amazon, or you can um, look up my name, uh, Rick Cesare, R-I-C-K, and the last name is C-E-S-A-R-I on Amazon, and you'll pull up all three of my books. Um, uh, by now, the second book was called Building Billion Dollar Brands, and the third one that's coming out uh, soon is Video Persuasion. And again, don't forget, they can download that free uh, guide to online video content at my website, rickcesari.com. Right, and that's, all, and that's awesome. I, I know myself that about as soon as we hang up here, I'm going to be going to Amazon and claiming my copy of Video Persuasion because this stuff is right up my alley, and I really want to discover more about what you have to share with us. So, Rick and I'm going to buy your book, you too. All right, thegroundhog.com. Yeah, because uh, you Perfect. made a lot of references to it, and now I'm very curious. So I want to grab that book, and I'm a big believer in learning through other people's uh, experience. So, so thank you. Certainly, yeah. So, Rick Cesare, I want to thank you so much for being with us here today. It's been an honor and an education. Thank you, Adam. I really enjoyed it. For everybody listening, this is Adam Homey, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please visit our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com where we help you win at the game of business and marketing so you thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.